Welcome to Fintech Daydreaming. The podcast that dives into the world of banking technologies and the ever-changing landscape of fintech companies. We bring you real-life examples from global and local thought leaders, as well as experts working within the financial industry, and seek out the best stories from the front lines of financial services innovation, where dreams of industry pioneers meet reality. Hosted by Paul Krogdahl and Ville Sontu. This is Fintech Daydreaming. Hello, dear friends and fellow followers of the turbulent world of fintech. Welcome back to another episode of Fintech Daydreaming. This will be our last episode for season eight. This will be our last episode for 2023, as Villa and I will wind down now for the festive season, celebrating some joyful time with uh, friends, loved ones, and potentially some other close fintech fans. Let's see what happens between now and early January. But as always, I'm Paul Krogdahl. I will be your host for this episode, but I could not do this at all without my good, close, fantastic friend, Villa. And Villa, are you starting to feel that Christmas spirit? I am, I am. Uh, is it a cliche to say that this year has gone really fast? Or is it just a sign of uh, how old I am right now? Because it really seems like 23 went past like in a snap. Uh, it, but... it is It is signs of your age. As we get older, time gets sped up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so, it does. so yeah. but again, in the world of fintech and the way we've been doing this, uh, especially this season now, it feels like it really went fa uh, faster than usual. So maybe we're going to repeat the same cliche uh, one year from now when we do the wrap up for 24 that, you know, wow, it really went faster than 23. But yeah, I guess that's the uh, sign of the sign of the age. But I think I think one of the things that I've noticed, you, you say that it's gone very fast. I've noticed in, in the process of, you know, finding our guests and lining up the guests and everything else that we do around that, it has been halved because we've started doing these Nordic fintech highlights with Helsinki, Helsinki Fintech Farm. Mm. And, and it's, it has, in, in some level, shortened everything for us. It's, it's half the number of guests we've had. And... So from that perspective, it does feel like it's gone faster, right? Yeah, it, it does. And again, a big part of the uh, of doing this podcast is finding the uh, finding the interesting guests that we have and uh, are arranging for the recording times and all of that stuff. So when you take half of that out uh, of the season, in a way, because arranging things between Janne, yourself, or yourself, and me is much easier than. Uh, the global guest, especially in different time zones. So uh, all of that admin stuff is halved. So I'm sure that actually has uh, made this season feel uh, shorter than uh, before. But uh, uh, I personally enjoy a lot our fintech uh, Nordic Fintech Highlight episodes. They are uh, a lot of fun because it gives us a chance to uh, reflect on the Nordic fintechs and gives us a chance to maybe give our own opinions more than we usually do in the uh, the normal guest episodes. And it gives a nice balance, uh, right? So it's uh, if every other episode is, uh, is a usual, the normal fintech daydreaming episode with our fantastic guests. And then every other episode is more about us talking about the, the recent news. I think uh, having both sides represented now in this season has felt like a good balance. 
Of course, we're really interested to hear from the audience as well. I mean, we, we do this for you, so we would like to hear feedback from you, yourself, your, you as well and uh, see whether we should continue uh, to have these news episodes, uh, whether we should have more of them, less of them. Please tell us. I think that's uh, that would be the number one indicator whether we're doing a good job or not. I definitely don't think we should have more of them. I think we've got a fantastically good balance at the moment where we pivot backs and forwards between the episodes from fantastic guests to our perspective on, on news, etc. So I think we've got a good balance. Let's, uh, I mean, obviously, if our listeners out there says, don't bring us any more fintech news, <laughs> then uh, we might have to re reconsider that. But I think I don't think we're going to hear that. So and, mm. and for today, I need to apologize. I'm, I'm not in my usual studio. I'm in a square white box, uh, more commonly referred to as an office and um, yeah, doing my day job uh, for today. So uh, unlike you, who's for once in your, uh, your uh, home studio, I am not in my home studio this time, so um, sorry for echo, sorry for background noise, sorry for the cars on the street out here and everything else. But, you know, we have to earn our uh, our living somehow. It's not just podcasting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, it's usually me sitting in a meeting room somewhere around the world. And uh, this, time, this time it's you. So it's uh, it's good to... Good to have the uh, roles reversed every now and then, at least. And, yes. and you're right. So as, as you said, we, we do this podcast as, a, as almost like a hobby. Uh, we love fintech and that's why we're doing this. Uh, and uh, But at the same time, we also have to earn our living. So yeah. <laughs> uh, going into offices is, uh, is a thing we have to do. Uh, on the, uh, it's not on the side, but, uh, but again, a big part of our day-to-day -day work, of course. But talk, talking about the, uh, the, the podcast, I've, you know, one of the channels that we uh, we post onto all the episodes is Spotify, right? Along with Apple Podcast and YouTube and everything else. And I've actually uh, downloaded some statistics for the year 2023. So okay. for us, that is season seven and season eight combined. Um, but some, some really interesting statistics that I, I'd like to share with you, you know, to, it demonstrates that although... Sometimes it might seem invisible to us. We are growing. We are getting more listeners and, and we're expanding on an ongoing basis, which it, it fills me with a warm heart because at least then I know there are people out there listening to us. We're not just rambling into a dark black void where no one is listening to us. I mean, there are people out there. And so just to give you some perspective to, to share with you, during 2023, our growth has been... Uh, an increase of 57% in listeners. Wow. 22% in uh, growth in streams and a 38% growth in followers. And this is only on Spotify, right? Which which I think is fantastic because then if you, we need to somehow try and see if we can create an aggregate of, of all of our different platforms. But just looking at Spotify, I, I think that is, you know, fantastic. And I, I can also say, some other things that um, for 30 of our followers on Spotify, we are ranked as their top one podcast. Wow. I, that, 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 you know, you 30 followers out there that believe that FinTech Daydreaming is your number one podcast on, on Spotify, we love you. Yeah, we we love absolutely you. adore you. Thank you very, very much. I mean, that's... That's fantastic. And 
out of all of our followers, 130 of them see us as being in their top 10 of, of podcasts on Spotify. Again, fantastic. Another thing that, that I uh, think is really interesting is looking at the uh, geographical location of our listeners, right? And I always thought that we are in Finland. We talk a lot about Finnish uh, fintech news. We are partnered with Helsinki Fintech Farm. I always assumed that our major listener base was based in Finland, mm. but that's not actually the case. With, yeah. with Spotify, our largest um, audience are based in Sweden. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, after Sweden, in the second comes UK. Did not see then, that come. <laughs> then, then, then comes Finland. So Finland is third, uh, followed by Denmark. And then this one, this one really threw me. The fifth position of, of regions of listeners, Australia. <laughs> so we, we, you know, I, I can understand we've got a, a, a large proportion of listeners that are in the Nordics. I mean, UK as number two, fantastic. Remember, this is Spotify again, right? So, so we're talking about specifically Spotify. But Australia, that is fantastic. Guys in Australia that are following and listening to us, again, Thank you. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Um, so that's just, you know, some interesting statistics. I can also say to you that, and I don't think you will you will be shocked when you hear this. In actual fact, let me do it as a question. Can you guess what was our top episode for 2023? And I'll tell you that this episode was streamed 641% more than any of our other episodes on average. So that is an interesting question. The uh, My best guess would be maybe the first episode of season eight with Kelvin, was that nope. it? Nope. Okay. But, but you're, you're, you're sort of, you're, you're slanting in the right direction. Remember we're, to we're talking 2023, so we're talking both season seven and season eight. Not that I'm trying to guide you in any way. <laughs> uh, okay, then of course we did the live episode in Vienna, uh, which which was uh, season seven, episode five, I think. I think that mm. that could be one as well, maybe. Nope. Okay, then my last guess, and then you're gonna have to tell me. It would be season seven, episode three, uh, with SCB embedded and Christopher. Yes. Yep. There we go. So our episode with Christopher Malma. Uh, from SEB Embedded uh, was our top episode on Spotify for 2023. And like I said, I mean, it streamed 641% more than our average episodes uh, to date, which was interesting. Yeah. Another, another episode um, which was shared the most. So not, this is not listened to, but actually shared. And when we're talking about sharing, we're talking about... Um, Spotify will recognize direct link, WhatsApp sharing, text message sharing, and Instagram sharing. And the one that was shared the most, so therefore distributed to, to other people, was Cloud Exit with David Hansen. Ah, okay. So that one, that one sparked an awful lot of interest, and lots of people wanted to share that episode with their uh, network and colleagues and friends. 
but it wasn't the one that was listened to the most. That was that was SEB. Yeah. The uh, the cloud exit episode was actually quite interesting. We at this at the, at this time at least I had a lot of conversations uh, relating to public cloud deployments and possible reconsideration of cloud strategies uh, uh, around my work. And the uh, and I for for one shared that episode uh, to, to a few of my colleagues, so I can totally understand that maybe others did as well. So it makes it makes a perfect sense. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Although I've got to I've got to admit I'm I'm. You know, I'm so passionate. I I share every single episode in as many places as possible, as we all know. So, you know. <laughs> I do too. I do too. But for this episode specifically, I actually, in work context, I said that look, we're having a discussion about this. We had this exact same discussion in my podcast, so you might want to check it out. So I did some few extra shares, maybe for that episode. Yeah. So which one? Which one has been your favorite episode of season eight? Oh, so many, uh, but just for the experience and the uh, the kind of liveliness and uh, fun of the episode, it was the live episode uh, in Vienna. That was season seven, uh, my favorite episode. Um, yeah. But season eight, I gotta say, it was one with Sanjit on the uh, on the platform revolution. That was a very, in a fun way, geeky episode. Got to kind of go into very much theories of platform, platform uh, strategies and uh, and the uh, how do you construct a narrative around the platform and how does that relate to financial services? It go, goes, it went a little bit theoretical, but it, I, I felt like in a good way. So, and uh, we also got a bunch of good feedback uh, in socials on the uh, on the conversation that we had. Also in person uh, feedback that I've listened to, I've heard uh, in a couple of conferences, for instance. So uh, that's gotta be my highlight for uh, season eight. But overall, if we wrap up 23 altogether, it's still the Vienna episode that takes the cake. I've got to admit, the Vienna episode was was fun to do. It was it was great to be at the Mobi Forum and uh, to interact with everybody there. If if I was to look at generally across 2028, uh, the SEB embedded episode was was a good one. But I agree with you. I mean, for me personally, and and more from a, you know, I've read the book twice. I I really resonate with what Sanjit is, is saying. You know that I have a fundamental belief that the future of banking will be dominated by platforms. So having that discussion was fantastic. And it's actually, I've had some interesting discussions on the back of that, uh, predominantly on LinkedIn, where, where I've ended up in, in deep dive discussions with other, can I say, industry thinkers around the core business model of banks. And it's, it's, it's ended up in a, a, I won't say a heated debate. I, I will say it's ended up in a, a very interesting discussion where, where I'm stating that we're seeing a transition of banking business models. What I'm saying is that is that yes, traditional banking business models still exist. Some banks will continue to, to go in that direction. But we're seeing smart banks starting to create a, a hybrid of platform business models merged with traditional banking models, which is creating a new business model for banks. I've had discussions with, with, I won't, well, we can call them industry thought leaders, 
that are, are adamantly disagreeing with me. And it, it's fantastic when you end up in, in having to um, not only position your point of view, but argue it. Because the minute you have to argue your point of view, it forces you to really think about what you're trying to say. Mm. And I, after having gone through that journey, I can actually say even strongly, I think we are seeing the emergence of a new business model for banks. Yeah. But we also have to remember that banks are, there are many kinds of banks. And the typical bank that we think about first when somebody says a bank is one of the incumbent banks. Uh, that's, of course, a generational question. And of course, you will have different answers from different uh, age groups. But for us, it's, it is really the, uh, the big name banks, the, the ones you see on the street that you still have maybe have a few branch offices uh, here and there. Uh, they have TV ads. Uh, they, this hybrid approach is interesting and absolutely relevant, especially for these incumbent banks, because again, they're not only serving a single customer segment in the way, for example, these new uh, digital only banks are doing. They are serving the, the entire spectrum of, of age groups, uh, customers in the countries where they're uh, operational. And uh, this also means that they need to have a very versatile set of business models and uh, distribution models for, for their products in the future. They cannot stick with the old ways, that is true, but they also cannot pivot fully into the platform or embedded finance world. So they have to keep everything uh, at hand at the same time in a different way than these more, more niche players are doing uh, in the fintech space. So that's why when we talk about banks will become platforms, everybody needs to do embedded finance. That is also at the same time true and not true, because uh, again, it's a wide spectrum of, uh, of customer groups that they need to serve. But again, all of this is just to support the conversations around different models and the way to evolve uh, as, as people uh, people find new ways of consuming financial services. No, I, I agree. I think we're both saying the same thing. We're, you know, but that's not surprising. We we tend to agree on on most things anyway, right? So yeah, we aggressively you know, agree. <laughs> aggressively agree. Yes, aggressively agree. Uh, yes, but I also think there's there's. I mean, not laboring on the the platform. We're going to go geeky again, aren't we? Not laboring on the, the the platform discussion too much. I also think there is, and I think we discussed this at length with Sangeet on the episode. There are geographical differences, dependent upon the culture, the. Uh, how mature the, the, the banking market is, uh, how many um, unbanked or underbanked individuals you've got in your society, et cetera. So when you look at the Nordics, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to be derogatory towards on our large Nordic banks, but I think, I think particularly in the Nordics, the banks are still sitting on their laurels, right? They're, they're comfortable. They, they believe that there's not going to be, that bigger change, and they still have a inside-out perspective that they're going to own and manage the full customer journey going forwards. And I'm I'm wondering how long that is going to be the status quo in the Nordics. I agree and I disagree in in a way because one of the reasons, if you look at we've started to pivot towards the trends of uh, that we uh, see for next year 
is that uh, the banks are feeling a little bit overwhelmed at the moment, especially in Europe uh, with regards to the new regulation that's coming. We have the instant payment regulation coming. We have the new uh, EU digital identity wallets uh, arriving. Uh, we have uh, the digital euros starting to ramp up uh, in Europe, uh, along with other uh, central bank digital currency initiatives uh, in the countries that don't use euro. Uh, so there's a lot, and then we have, of course, the usual things, PSD3, we have the AI regulation that has a heavy impact on the financial industry, and then we have the usual things with the Data Privacy uh, Act and the equal access uh, elements of, of the upcoming regulation. All of this translates to massive pressure on, uh, on regulated banks that actually have to obey the laws in the countries where they operate. And banks are feeling at the moment that please don't come and tell us about new stuff right now. We actually have to comply with all this new stuff and at the same time try to figure out how can they turn that regulatory compliance into benefit instead of a tax uh, on, on operational uh, capabilities in the countries where they are. And uh, I think that's going to be kind of concluding on the point. The, the narrative for 24 is going to be really about how to turn mandatory regulation into a positive thing in, inside these banks and the innovation and the movement forward on the new distribution models and the new way to serve the customers is going to be based on this new regulation, I, I believe. So I think we're going to see a lot of discussion around uh, the, uh, the different banks and the way they are approaching uh, these new uh, mandatory requirements from the supervisors. Yeah. If I have to pick one theme, that's mine for 24. Yeah, no, I, I uh, again, violently agree with you, but I, I also think that banks, they don't have the luxury of freezing everything else because there is too much change in the world anyway, right? So yes, I agree, they have to focus on, on the regulatory elements, but not at the detriment of everything else that they have to do. So I agree with you, they're, they're overloaded, they're drowning in too many variables and, and uncertainty. So, um, but let's go through our episodes of season eight. Why not? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, very quickly, our point of view, uh, I think, if I'm honest, let's, let's avoid the Nordic FinTech highlight episodes. Um, I think we've, we've done those, but yeah, if we, if we look at where we started, like you said, we started with Kelvin Tan, right? Yeah. You're looking at Aldax. Banking as a service was our core focus there. Um, I thought that was a really fantastically good discussion. I think we've we have explored banking as a service, embedded finance, quite substantially on yeah. on the podcast. Um, but I think going forwards, we're going to continue to see an explosion of banking as a service, banking as a platform, and embedded finance. But I also think, back to what you were saying around regulations, I think we're going to start seeing the regulators getting concerned about the explosive growth of all of these providers because it, it creates third-party risk, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see a potential shrinkage as well and a potential number of mergers and acquisitions of, of these platforms, driven Absolutely. predominantly by regulation, maybe. Absolutely. The uh, So my reflection on the Kelvin episode, again, it was really interesting to talk uh, with somebody who has basically spun out uh, from an incumbent bank 
to set up a separate operation for banking as a service, not only to uh, uh, provide it as a service, but as a technology platform. And on top of that, building it in-house. So they're not buying a vendor platform uh, for doing this. They are building it in-house. They are working like a fintech with a, with a legacy or heritage of, the, uh, uh, of an incumbent bank. So I, I really enjoyed that discussion and I, I really appreciate what, uh, what Kelvin is doing with his team. Mm -hmm. um, now, that being said, the, uh, the banking as a service space well, has really been exploding in the past couple of years, as we've seen. And I, I again, completely agree with your point. I think what we're going to see in 24 is the kind of coming of an, to an, uh, of an age uh, part of the banking as a service story. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong. There's a lot, way too many companies in this space. We're going to see consolidation. We're going to see a lot of these uh, banking and service providers, the smaller ones in particular, going out of business. Uh, but that's going to be, that's kind of a normal evolution uh, of, a, of, a, of a segment, I think. And I think it's, it's all for the better for us consumers, because uh, as we get more stability and maturity here, there's also less risk uh, in the market. And that's what the supervisors also want to see. We've seen this this uh, regulatory action coming to to force uh, very uh, news like the one that happened. Tax ended up tax thing that service provider customers uh, in the U.S. Uh, due to the regulatory action that they uh, got uh, for risks around these new fintechs that they had uh, onboarded uh, very aggressively. So I think that's that's going to be another theme, uh, uh, reducing the risk in the market uh, by uh, consolidation and uh, stricter regulation. So again, we agree. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering what impact PSD3 and the pay payment service regulation will have on this space as well. I think it's, you know, it's going to impact some of the uh, banking as a service, embedded banking, open banking, all of this space as well. So, which actually leads us to the next episode, right? Because we we had a discussion with Sudeep Khan uh, from uh, Raiffeisen Bank around open banking and particularly the the culture that they've got for for driving open banking. I thought that was another fantastically good episode. Yeah, I mean, we, we met Sudip and we saw Sudip actually in Vienna uh, doing a presentation around embedded finance uh, for uh, the way banks are approaching it. And uh, we enjoyed so much uh, that that presentation and the follow up, uh, follow up conversations with Sudip that we invited him to be a guest on the on the episode. And uh, yeah, again, uh, he's a great, great guest. And uh, uh, I encourage everybody who if you ever see him on the agenda of any conference or uh, seminar, go check him out. Uh, he has a lot of uh, very uh, good things to say uh, and you will learn a lot uh, just listening. Yeah. So, but the uh, on the point of uh, what Sudip also talked a lot about is this invisible banking. And there's one more regulatory thing that's going to be happening uh, during next year, which is that uh, European PSPs are going to, going to have direct access to clearing. So this means that, especially when you mention PSD3 and the PSD2, uh, all the kind of strong customer authentication types of things uh, and the related, uh, let's say, friction uh, uh, when it comes to uh, applying uh, open banking APIs or otherwise from banks is going to reduce because again as PSPs have direct clearing access they will no longer need commercial banks uh, between them and the uh, and the clearing infrastructure so I think this is going to be um, 
interesting development uh, and we'll see how that will impact the uh, position of commercial banks when it comes to payment processing. Yeah, absolutely. Then the next discussion we had was with uh, Marcus Ivarsson from King. Um, I, I've got I've got a, a real passion for financial literacy, right? Um, predominantly because I've got kids, but I, I think that the world is so complex these days. Financial management is so complex. We're drowning in choice. So I thought this was this, you know, we've had this discussion before. We've had other guests talking around financial literacy, talking particularly around how do you use apps, gamification, technology to help children to understand money management. So another fantastic discussion. I think we should cover this more often. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, we will co continue to follow this, uh, this track, of course, uh, during our next season. But uh, I gotta say the, uh, that, uh, that, that episode with Ching was actually one of my favorites as well, because uh, I think it's one of the episodes that I had more, 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 the most discussions about afterwards uh, with, my, with my friends and peers and fans. <laughs> we have fans really. Uh, so so uh, because there's, it's a, such a new way of looking at things. They don't, I mean, they don't have a financial license. They don't have an e-money license. They don't do direct integration to banks, but they have built this gamification element on top of the, uh, uh, on top of this financial inclusion and financial, financial education. And uh, I think that's uh, admirable. It's a new way of looking at things. It's a new way of uh, involving new generations into, into this system. And uh, uh, I think uh, they have a really interesting future ahead of them if they're able to figure out the, uh, the business case and, and the growth path uh, at the moment. Uh, but beyond that, the, uh, I, I really applaud what they're doing there. Absolutely. I, I, I think there's, there's a fine line that has to be uh, walked between gamification for the right reasons and gamification for uh, profit generation. And I think, you know, King is, is taking the right path there. And I, I think I applaud any fintech who understands how to do it right, uh, rather than just, you know, lining the pockets of the investors. Next, we had uh, Paul Staples, another mm. fantastic discussion. Again, you know, talking about beyond banking, but back on that trend of, of embedded finance, uh, platformification of the banking industry. Um, you know, I thought that was a, another very good discussion. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul is uh, from ClearBank and uh, we steered away from the uh, the history of ClearBank as such and really focused on the on the actual service and the embedded finance components and the growth of uh, embedded finance, especially in the corporate world. And uh, I encourage, listen to that, Paul knows what he's talking about. And uh, the um, uh, I think it's a, it's a great way, especially for banks to look at the corporate segment and understand the uh, the value of embedded services uh, within those environments. So basically B2B supply chain, uh, basic treasury management, cash management use cases. If you're able to have those integrations done in an efficient way, then the uh, the growth in that segment, which has been very stagnant for a very long time, uh, is guaranteed. So I think the uh, uh, listen and learn is what I'd say. What I'd say. There's, there's a parallel trend here that, that we've discussed in the past as well and, and seen, and that's back to open banking and the drive of open banking, where most banks have seen 
predominant benefit of open banking more in the corporate banking space rather than in the retail banking space. So you yes. can see a parallel there to what ClearBank is doing. Absolutely. And we're going to see, by the way, uh, a new element into this discussion fairly soon, which is that uh, central bank digital currencies have been, especially in Europe, have been really focused on the retail element. Uh, again, providing uh, citizens with access to central bank mon uh, money in a digital form. But I really think the, uh, the big use cases, the big benefits of central bank uh, digital currencies are in the wholesale segment. So I think this, this uh, CBDC conversation uh, will enter its next stage with regards to uh, wholesale and B2B elements, which is also linking into the embedded finance, corporate embedded finance uh, in, in a very tangible way. So yeah, that's going to be a, another fun discussion we're going to have uh, next season and next year. I think we're going to have an awful lot of discussions around central bank digital currency next year because it's, it's going to continue to grow. And I think we've had discussions around this before. One of the key interesting areas is going to be machine to machine payments, right, when it comes yep. to central bank digital currency. So, so that sort of rounds us off. We've already discussed the fantastic episode with, with Sangeet. Mm -hmm. um, a number of peppered episodes around uh, Nordic fintech news with, uh, with Yana. I think that's it. That that was that was our season eight. It was a fantastic uh, journey. I think we've had some great discussions, and I look forward to future discussions. I still can't believe we're on season eight. We're closing <laughs> out season eight of this podcast. Something we started as a whimsical, you know. How about we just record some of our discussions and look where we are now? Yeah. I think it's it's fantastic. I just got a re I just recently got this uh, Facebook. Uh, you know, this happened X years ago when I posted about our first episode. I was like, "That was so many years ago! Oh my god!" So, so yeah, it's uh, time has really gone fast. Not only this year, this season, but <laughs> ever since we started, it's been uh, such a fun uh, experience. And I hope uh, I hope our audience has enjoyed it as well, seeing us grow. Absolutely. And talking of fun, we can't we can't miss out our usual traditional good but bad joke and. As I've got the pleasure of hosting us today, you've got the pleasure of joking us today. Oh, cool. Uh, so not sure about the fun part as usual, uh, but again, I do have a joke. It's fintech related and even with a Christmas, th Christmas theme. So I think uh, this will be appropriate way of uh, uh, heading us towards the uh, holiday season with a fintech spirit. Uh, so, uh, so here we go. So why did the cryptocurrency investor ask Santa for a hardware wallet for Christmas? I have no idea, but I'm sure you're going to tell us. Because he wanted to slay the market. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. If I had a microphone, I would drop it now, but I don't. So. Yeah. Drop the mic, walk away, and uh, <laughs> leave, leave the, uh, the Christmas spirits alone. With that, dear friends, listeners, and uh, loved ones, thank you for following us for Season 8. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, let us know which has been your favorite episode of Season 8, or which has been your favorite episode of all of our episodes, all the way up until now end of Season 8. Villa and I will be back in January. We will kick off with a Nordic FinTech Highlights episode, uh, where we, with Jana, will discuss what was hot, what was interesting, and what was exciting in the world of FinTech in the Nordics 
during December until um, we get to the end of the year. If you found this episode interesting, if you found anything that we've discussed interesting, please just share FinTech Daydreaming with three of your friends. Make it a Christmas uh, treat for Villa and I. Give us that gift. Hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button and share FinTech Daydreaming with three of your close friends, network or colleagues that you think might find this interesting. We will be back in January. Until then, have a fantastic holiday and a splendid 2024. This has been Fintech Daydreaming. This is Fintech Daydreaming.